Hello, and welcome to Plant Powered Buddhist Podcast, where we are learning to turn our eating habits into a spiritual practice. I'm Sensei. I want to welcome you from wherever you're listening in the world. I also want to say a heartfelt thank you to all of my followers, my supporters, my clients, and my students. Without your support, I simply couldn't do what I do. I'm excited about today's episode, so with no further ado, let us begin. Welcome back, and today we're going to explore something that I think will be of interest to everyone and certainly deals with a phenomenon that probably everyone is familiar with, and that is anger. And we will use a story today to illustrate some interesting points about anger, and hopefully it will be useful for you in your own practice and journey. I want to just say a few things about the levels at which anger can impact the individual, uh, just so you can get a sense of kind of some of the nuance at play, because you know anger because you've been angry before, or perhaps right now you're even angry about something in life, but it helps to understand kind of the unicity of all phenomenon, meaning anger is not something that is foreign to you. It's not something that is a part of you. It's not foreign and it's not separate. So what is it? How is it that we know it? Well, we know it like all things through consciousness. Now, on the physical level, we can say that anger is very much like the element of fire. It's something that burns. And so when we think of a fire, anger is our direct experience of that phenomenon. So there's a fire that burns wood or cooks food, this type of thing. And that is our experience of anger as other. And then for the self, the person experiencing life as self and other or subject and object, then anger is that. And so we say that that fire is ours, right? Now, neither is the case. Neither are true. That is, it is not you and it is not not you. On the emotional level, what is the effect? The effect is unstable emotions. So we go from the physical level of literally a temperature change in the body, right? Many times we say, I had a heated discussion with so-and-so, or I was beside myself, right? That's how angry you were. And emotionally, my emotions were all over the place. Listen to the words that you have said, thoughts you've held, and things you've heard other people say when they're angry. Emotional un unstable, emotionally unstable. On the psychological level, the result is irrational thought. When you really get into the 
the depths of anger, the faculty of reason is really challenged. Your ability to act rationally, to think rationally, is hindered greatly. And finally, I would say on the spiritual level, (laughs) the best way I can say this is I think that it causes a confusion of sorts that one has some ideas about the self that are completely inaccurate, that are completely far-fetched, couldn't be further from the truth. And so perhaps this story that we're going to share will help illustrate that. So let's jump right into the story because this story happens to be about this wartime general who has seen so much killing, engaged in so much violence, and had many states of anger. But he reached a point where he wanted to end his military career. He'd had enough. He wanted a life of peace. So having had the benefit of traveled wide and far across the land, he was aware of a particular Chan master who he had in mind. And so he went to visit this Chan master at the temple. And he sat down with the Chan master and began to explain that he had already seen through the delusions and illusions of this world. And that he was ready at this point in his life now to live a life of peace. And so he begged the Chan Master to compassionately initiate him as a monk so that he could become the Chan Master's disciple. And so the Chan Master looked at the man as they were sitting there at the table talking, looked at the general in his eyes, and just gazed for a few moments. And then finally he said, you know, you have a family and you have very strong secular habits. You still can't become a monk yet. Why don't you come back at another time and we'll talk about it then? Well, the general is certainly not someone who's used to being told no and not getting what he wants. So he was persistent. He stayed seated and he said to the Chan master, look, I'm telling you, I can give up everything. I'm willing to let it all go. I have a wife. I have children. My family. All that's no problem. And he slammed his fist down on the table. And then he caught himself and said, please, Chan Master, initiate me immediately. Chan Master said again, look, I don't think you're ready right now, so go away and we'll talk about it another time. So the general was quite upset, gets up, starts walking down the hallway. You could hear his armor in the hallway echoing. Gets to the temple door, opens it, and you hear it slam, and he rides away on his horse. But not to be undone, 
the general said, I will return. And so the general spent a couple of weeks reading Chan poetry and about Chan concepts with the intention of going back to impress the Chan master in such a way that the Chan master would say, okay, you're ready to become a disciple. So one morning, very early in the morning, the general returned to the temple. And he happened to be out in the courtyard paying homage to the Buddha. The Chan master had been up tending to his duties and saw the general standing in the courtyard. And he walked up to the general and said, Wow, General, you're here at this early hour and paying homage to the Buddha, no doubt. The general was very prideful. He stood up straight, shoulder square, and instead of responding to him just in general conversation, he figured this was the time to use one of the poetic verses that he had learned. So he responded to the Chan Master by saying in verse, in order to extinguish the fire in the mind, get up early to pay homage to the Buddha. And then he smiled. <laughs> so the Chan Master obviously was not impressed because in that moment he responded with a verse of his own which essentially said, getting up early in the morning, not afraid your wife is being unfaithful? Question mark. Wow, the general did not like this. His cheeks turned flush red. His eyes flashed as though he were on the battlefield about to charge. He grinded his teeth, and then he said, you're an old monster. He turned around, stomped away, got to the temple gates, and the attendant was going to try to help the general onto his horse. He pushed the man down on the ground and rode off cussing. The child master, having walked up to the temple gates, helped the attendant up. And then he laughed out loud and thought to himself, wow, huh. with just a gentle fanning, the fire of your nature again burns. Such an irascible temperament. How can this be considered letting go? Then he turned, went back inside the temple and continued with his duties. This is the story of the angry general who believed, as I like to phrase it, that his tea had cooled to a temperature that he could drink. But in fact, Unfortunately, his tea was still too hot to drink. 
And so under this easy illustration of how, in fact, one can become delusional about their own states, we see that the Chan Master nearly threw the general into a rage. And to his credit, he didn't strike the, the Chan Master. At least he had that much control. But do you see, all he had to do was insinuate that, well, that's nice. You're here doing some worship. But, you know, what if your wife is at home, you know, with another man? <laughs> now, that seems cruel, right? But this is part of the Chan tradition of kind of getting to the point. That is, um, you're not coddled if Chan Master sees something in an individual that they themselves don't see, or in this case, are even uh, too haughty to see, then they'll just speak to that. And so we should learn from this that we should not request and ask for that which we are not yet prepared for. Now, one might say, well, why couldn't the Chan Master just accept the general and then just help him? That would be the Buddhist thing to do, right? Well, he was already instructing this general without even taking him in as a disciple. Now, I can tell you, this is just a hypothetical event, but I imagine that had the general come in humble and authentic about his real spiritual state, especially as it related to anger, that the Chan Master would have responded differently. That is, had the general come in and said, look, I've engaged in a lot of war, a lot of violence, a lot of killing. I have struggled with many states of anger and rage, and I want to transcend that. Will you please help me do that? I think the Chan Master would have responded differently and probably initiated him. And the general would have become his disciple. But instead, the general said, look, you know, I've, you know, been there, done that, and I'm ready to let go of family and wife and everything else. Sign me up. And in fact, he was not ready. And even the mere ability to recite verses from the Chan tradition were not enough. It's all outward appearance. It's all outward appearance. There's no real substance there. Actually, underneath the surface of that armor is still a lot of anger. And so we can have compassion about that, but we also have to be truthful with ourselves if that is our state. And that was the point of the Chan Master making that little dig, which completely <laughs> exposed the general. So I hope that you can take this story and apply it to your contemplative practice. And you can do it in two ways. If you yourself are angry about something in life or find that you get angry easily, 
use this story as a way to remind yourself about being honest about your state so that you can get to the next stage, which, which be, uh, would be how not to become angry or how to lessen your anger. And how has that happened? That has to do with understanding causes, conditions, and effects. Not as it relates specifically to your anger, because that's personalizing something that's much bigger than your anger. This thing that you're calling your anger is is a sideshow. There's something that you need to understand about causes, conditions, and effects. And once understood, now you can apply the phenomenon called anger or your anger to that bigger understanding. And so that you create some distance and some space between your experience of anger and what actually leads to the anger. So many people will say, for example, that I've worked with, and perhaps this is you, you know, so-and-so triggers me, such-and-such triggers me. And I always say, no, so-and-so does not trigger you, such-and-such does not trigger you. And when we freeze frame and still the mind, stop the mind so that we can see something more fundamentally true, then the anger dissipates or goes away. And it's just an example of one of the many things that can be seen more clearly when we take our focus off of what we actually think is triggering us is your attachment to outcome. When things don't go your way, someone tells you, I love you, and then they do something that seems counter that, that makes you angry. So you say, they made me angry. That person made me angry. Yet your anger was born just kind of hanging out in your consciousness, waiting for the right condition. Because you have certain expectations. And if that expectation is not met, you get angry. And it's a completely different discussion about whether one ought to honor their word or not. Okay, that's part of the equation. But the significance that most people assign to that, again, they're creating the condition for anger to emerge, to be triggered. No, you are in a constant state of being triggered because of your attachment to outcome. And so the art is to be able to live life fearlessly, to set goals, to go about achieving those if that's what you want to do with your life, but to be able to do it without Attachment to the outcome. It sounds impossible, but only when this self that has this anger that is attached to this outcome, if that is your content, if that is what's in your consciousness, then yes, I mean, 
you're going to be angry multiple times in a day. And perhaps you are, but it can be broken. You can transcend that. And if you'd like some assistance with that, please go to plantpoweredbuddhist.com, send me a message, and we can get started on taming this fire, extinguishing this fire that we call anger. If you're somewhere listening to the podcast where you can leave a review or a comment and found this to be valuable, please leave a nice comment or review. I would appreciate it. Also, if you would like to support my efforts monetarily, there's a link in the description. You can click on that link or follow that link, cut and paste it, and you can support my efforts for as little as a dollar a month, and I would really appreciate that. Until next time, peace and blessings.